Go. Start. A. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the seventh episode of Let's Co-Start a Conversation. Ooh. Our cohort is made up of VSA members across the entire Midwest, and we serve to be an active voice and participant in the regional and local VSA community. Last time, we talked about mental health in the APEDA families during the times of the coronavirus, so be sure to give it a listen if you haven't already. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. So glad to be back here. And just a reminder, I want to show you the mission of why we started this podcast. We started this podcast in order to create a safe space for us to talk about life, school, community, identity, and everything in between. We wanted to use this platform as a way to empower each other's narratives and to destigmatize what it means to be Vietnamese, Asian American, or just a person going through life in general. Hopefully, you all can resonate us with our stories and just vibe with us with a capital v Woo! i'm excited to vibe with all of y'all but yeah um anything honestly that is said during our podcast are the views and experience of the individual speakers themselves and um do not reflect uvs and midwest as a whole um also any topics discussed in our podcast may be personal and sensitive to some individuals so just a heads up thanks for the disclaimers kang um so today for this informal episode, yes, we will be doing an informal episode. Um, we will be playing a little game of two truths and a lie, which mostly everyone should know. Um, but after that, we will also be sharing some stories from our lives. So that way y'all can get to know a little bit more about us and what goes on in our lives. But before we go on into that, how about we go into some introductions of who is here today? I see a new face but we will we will save that for later so David would you like to go first absolutely not I'm just kidding (laughs) hello everyone welcome back as you may know my name is David Chan I use he him pronouns and I am the Michigan Kozar and what has been going on with me well if you can't see or hear for my viewers you could probably see it but my ankle is currently broken on screen but if you're listening yes I um recently had fallen off a roof doing the most boldest job of them all but unfortunately I have fallen and I am recovering from my ankle but other than that I am a-okay how about you Kang what you been up to bestie yeah oh oh man (laughs) but yeah my name is Kang Fan I use pronouns he him his and I am the Indiana co-star and what's been going on with me um, well, my class and I, we just started our new class. It's called Molecule Cells and Tissues. It's basically, you know, your um, really, really hard biochem, but molecular biology, cell biology, and genetics literally wrapped in a one six-week course. And um, honestly, this is kind of an understatement, but it's kicking my, my butt right now. But overall, I'm surviving. Uh, how about you, Jennifer? Yeah, um, so for those who don't know me, my name is Jennifer. I go by the pronoun she, her, hers, and I am the Nebraska Kosar. Um, so I just recently found out that I will be moving to Texas at the end of this year to student teach next semester. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, I am a senior, so I'll be graduating next spring. But before I graduate, I have to student teach first. So I will be in Texas for that, um, Houston specifically. So if any UVSA South, people are watching hit me up I will be in the area let me call my contacts for you real quickly they have good food down there too let me some recs 
That I means got I'm you. Right. I'll find the recs. Well, thank you so much for everyone that has introduced themselves. It seems like we all have been going through it physically or mentally, but you know, um, King, I was going to tell you just as recently, like, that's why I didn't go on the medical track because it's kind of too much for me. <laughs> um, but you know, I praise you for being on that track. But you know, we have a familiar but not so familiar face to our podcast today. Um, I'm here to introduce and my complete honor to, you know, introduce us to what you would call our, our boss, but not our boss, if that makes sense. Uh, we have Linda Ngo here, our internal vice president for Music Midwest. She's currently based in Seattle, but is an Indiana native. So I'll let her do the honors of introducing herself, Linda. Hello, everyone. And don't listen to David. I'm just a friend. Please do not flex my title. <laughs> I'm just chilling. But yeah, so I go by the pronoun she, her, hers. And like David said, I've been born and raised in Indiana, but I uh, recently moved to Washington State a couple months ago. So I'm currently here in Seattle. So if you ever want to check the place out or want to come visit, come through and I'll pick you up. You can go explore. But yeah, um, I've just recently been catching up on writing my Yelp reviews for food places I've been because procrastination and I have like at least 20 food places that I haven't reviewed yet. But hey, it's a slow process. But yeah, thank you for having me here today. Are you one of those people that like yelps every single place you go to, even like a McDonald's? <laughs> I sometimes, but then it gets too much. So I was like, maybe I should just do the more unique places. Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Linda, for joining us. And so, you know, we'll get right into it because, you know, what we all about informal and just, you know, the chill of us. You'll hear my slang somehow. But we're going to play my favorite game, which is Truth, Suits, and a Lie. Pretty much, if you haven't heard about the game before, uh, well, I'll be randomly selecting two people in which they'll be telling us two truths and a lie. And all four of us are going to have to figure out which one is the lie. So, I hope you're ready. And you know, the first one I'm thinking of in the top of my mind is Jennifer. Hello, you are my <clears throat> victim for today. But you know, tell us what is your two truths and a lie? Yeah, thanks for choosing me, David. Um, <laughs> you're ever so welcome. <laughs> it's not like I didn't just already have my two truths and a lie ready, which I do. So, oh. Um, so, my first one is that I've never gotten a speeding ticket. My second one is that I love spicy food. And then my third one is that I have eight piercings. So, one is speeding ticket, two is spicy food, and three is piercings. Mm. So, on account, so, on account of three, I want you to put your fingers up which one you think it is. Ready? One, two. Do y'all need more time? Well, yeah, give me like five more seconds. <laughs> I think I know because the, one of them is already proof on her nose if you could see it. Yeah, I feel like. But she already got a nose piercing on her nose. If you yeah. know. That's cheating right there. Hey, that's one. I said eight. Okay. Eight. Okay, I think I'm good. One, I think I know. Two, three. Two. <gasps> oh, we all chose two. Hey. <laughs> Wait, how do know? That's. Dang, that is the lie. <laughs> okay, I feel like we recall like during our meetings that we would talk say, yeah. about like spicy food, and then you'd always be the one that's like, "Can't me, can't it be me? I would never do it." <laughs> well, are we right then, right? So yeah, you, gonna... you are right. So I, um, so I've actually never gotten a speed ticket. I'm like literally a grandma when I drive. I drive either at the speed limit or five over. We love oh. the safety. I like that. I have a really old car, so I like 
like physically can't drive fast oh, because my old car. Oh. Um, and yeah, I do have a piercing, so I have one on my nose here. I have four on this ear and three on this ear. So wow, so she's got four on her right mm-hmm. ear, three on her left, and then one on her nose. Yes, my um, Spotify listeners can't see it, but mm-hmm. did it hurt, Jennifer? Um, no. I would say the healing process is more annoying than mm. the actual like piercing. Yeah, it, it takes a while to heal, but. Yeah. Underneath my headphones, I actually have piercings myself. So I was really scared because they had like a needle and just went right through. I was like, ah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's scary. It's scary. I I could honestly do a story time about my piercings, but. (laughs) But you know, I just want to give one more victim to my um, two tooth and a lie game. And you know, King, hello there, Rusty. How are you doing? (laughs) Great, great. All right. So my two truths and a lie, and just like Jennifer, I also came prepared. So my two truths and a lie. So my first one is um, I am, or I was last year on Spotify wrapped in the top 2.0001% of Martin Garrix fans. So basically the top 200. Um, my second one what is I own uh, 12 pairs of shoes. And then my last one is I have a scar on my left eye from a really bizarre um, racetrack accident when I was like racing on during a 5k. Which These are it? very specific. Make it hard. Oh my all god. Right, I'll give you all like five seconds. Five. Oh my god. Maybe uh, I think Three, I'm ready. I think I know. Two, Can you repeat one. The- Wait, oh, yeah. wait, 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 so, so one is uh, Martin Garrick's fan, uh, two is uh, the pairs of shoes, 12 pairs, and then um, three is scar on left eye. Mm, I think I know. Do you think you know, Jennifer? I think right. I know. <laughs> three, two, one, go. I choose two. Oh, <laughs> what do you choose, Jennifer? One, Linda chose two. So y'all are all actually wrong. I'm so sorry. Wait, so, so, so this is kind of a cop out. So I do have a scar on my left eye, but it's not from a racetrack accident. It's actually from an ice skating accident. That's kind of <laughs> so you white lied to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not how the game works. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, we're gonna have to move on to our main event. So I thank you for playing with me. I'm here all night, 24 (laughs) seven. If you need me, holler me on Zoom. But you know, Jennifer, let's get into the team. David, since you were calling on me and Kang for the two truths and a lie, I think- Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. For our Uh, next activity. So someone told me that you love to travel and that you're car is like known to be your travel buddy and you can go everywhere with your car so I know you have a lot of stories about all these traveling experiences can you tell me a story from your favorite trip or your favorite vacation that you've been to absolutely and girl who told you that I drive so much I do not do not tell my insurance I drive x amount of miles you know um but yeah no I would love to get into it so 
Um, for those that don't know, so I am in love with my car. His name is Baymax. And for those that are car people, it's a 2011 white Audi Q5 with white with black stripes on the side of it. And, you know, it's it's a sports model. So, you know, you get to go room room a little bit a couple of times. Um, definitely a gas guzzler doesn't really last too much long in the gas, but it can handle itself. Right. So I think my favorite vacation or trip that was most memorable was when I was going down to Atlanta. So from Detroit to Atlanta, it's about like an 11 hour drive going with the I-75 interstate. And it's a pretty, pretty easy drive. This one particularly, I was going down to the non-existent Imagine Festival, which did not happen, RIP. And on my way down there, I was passing through, you know, I passed through Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then I finally hit into Atlanta. When I got to Tennessee, I went to go get a pit stop, but then I had realized in front of me that a mile ahead, there was a big car crash. Um, all the trucks were stopped, no one was moving. And so I decided to take on myself that like, you know, I can find a very different approach into getting around this interstate. And my GPS decided to take me through the woods. And next to know, lo and behold, um, I'm running on like one fourth of gas in like a state trail. And I did not know what to do. Um, I was stuck in the middle of nowhere. I called my mom. I was like, man, I, I'm like stuck out here. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, as every Asian mom, she was like, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid or something? Like you should have filled in gas. And so I like turned around, around, pumped in gas. And then I took a different route. And this route felt like one of those like commercials from Jeep where it was like off track road and everything like that. So me and Baymax Lily were like driving through, like, I don't know where it was, but it was like an off-road like trail and my car was like shaking from like edge 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 to edge bumper to bumper and like I could have sworn to you that like my car probably lost like a couple screws or something because the minute I got out of that like my car was like shaking and like tires were like a little bit deflated so like had to call triple a and get to like fix my tires but I made it to Atlanta three hours later and yeah it's probably like the best story and most memorable some people have asked me if I ever like hit any animals because my car has a tendency to hit like squirrels chipmunks and like birds on its way like down the road so yeah it's been pretty it's been pretty rough but um you know that's my most memorable one but you know Jennifer do you have like a memorable trip or anything like that like but definitely don't be killing animals like me though <laughs> no I would never uh, I can't believe you did that the poor squirrel, the poor squirrel. I'm sorry Paced, like the opposite um, yeah, I can, I can talk about a story. So I would say, um, my, I guess this isn't like, it's a trip. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite trip, but I would say this is the first trip that I have ever, um, flown by myself on like a solo flight. So I went to Portland, I think it was last year. So December, 2020. And I, um, went to Portland to meet my because um it's my first time meeting her and so it was also low-key a very spontaneous trip too because um I knew some like VSA people in like the Pacific Northwest as well so I was going to meet up with them and then I ended up having three of my friends from Kansas also spontaneously join me as well but like I was the only one from Nebraska so I flew by myself um all the way to Portland and it was honestly a really fun time. I think just like the experience of flying by yourself is really intimidating and scary at first. And I just wanted to send out a message to those who like have never done that before that it is an experience, but honestly, 
it's worth it because you're taking that big first step. And so if you really want to travel and you love traveling, then I highly recommend you like do something to become it. It's really fun. Great tweets to that, honestly. Yeah, but um, Linda, I know we haven't really heard from you um, a lot this episode. Would you like to share your story? Yeah, sounds good. Um, so hearing your all stories, I just remember this trip I took with my cousin Amy a couple of years ago. So shout out to Amy. Um, it was a pretty hectic trip, even though it was like a little day trip. So essentially the context was uh, my cousin and Amy a couple of years ago, we had to buy a dress for a wedding. You know, we had to like um, go to a mall, but the malls in Bloomington, they didn't have any dresses that, you know, were vibing with our style. So we're like, okay, we're going to head over to Indianapolis, which is about an hour away. Go like scout out the dresses there and then head back to Bloomington. Easy. Like there's no issues with that because we've done it before. So Amy and I drive to Indianapolis and we're kind of stressed because there's not a lot of like selections there. And, um, we like look around for a couple hours and then eventually we, we did find a dress. So we're super happy and um, we start to head back home. So at this point, it's like starting to be evening. So the sun was setting and Amy and I were driving and the GPS starts taking us down um, this road that's like more back roads. And we've never taken this before and the sun starts setting and we're like, shoot, why is everything so dark and so scary? And we look at the gas meter and Amy needs to get gas. And we're like, oh shoot, we have to go to a gas station, but it's like really sketch out here. So we have to stop by this gas station and Amy hops out to get gas. And I didn't want her to go alone. So I was like, Amy, I'll, I'll protect you. So I pull out my uh, pepper spray, which mind you, I've only used once before and that was to test. So I was like, I need to make sure that it works still. So I'm gonna test it. So I spray at a tree and I was like, okay, good it's all good so Amy's getting the gas and then um we get back in the car everything's okay and as we're driving along I felt an itch on my eye and so I start rubbing it but I forgot <laughs> there's pepper spray on my hand so I started tearing up and I was like oh my god I cannot see because of the pepper spray and Amy gives me a water bottle and I start like I start to pour it in my eye to get the pepper spray out so at that point I'm good so we are driving a little bit further and we're in the country roads at this point and we're pulling up to this like gravelly road and in the distance we see this really big dark figure and two glowing eyes and we were so scared we didn't even know if we could turn around so we just start inching closer and it didn't move and we tried honking at it and it still didn't move and as we got closer, it got into the headlights and it was this really big dog. But I've never seen a dog like that angry before. So we just zoomed by and then we drove all the way home. And then after that, we're like, we're never going to drive along that route ever again. And we learned our lesson. So that's a story. <laughs> it's pretty hectic, but it's a story that we'll remember forever. You sure you didn't see Bigfoot that day? <laughs> Honestly, maybe it was a legendary Bigfoot, but I don't have any like photo evidence. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Linda, that sounds damn, that sounds so scary. But, but um trying to think. In terms of maybe relate scary experiences, um, I remember I was in, I think y'all may remember this, but I was in Colorado one time um, on a ski trip. 
Um, and, you know, as a guy that um, usually works out of a lot on like my free time, I thought, okay, the altitude wouldn't kill me at all. I think I'm fine. I go, go and then um, when the first day we got there, I felt really lightheaded. Like every time, like I would like stand up for whatever reason, I just get super lightheaded and like, I'd want to like pass out and go to bed. Um, so the altitude got, definitely got to me that whole trip. And then I remember the third day we were there, we went skiing. And I remember um, at the Airbnb I was at, we were at around 8,000 feet. The ski resort we were at was 12,000 feet. So even worse altitude. Um, basically we got in and uh, as we got out of the car and got in like in line to get our stuff, I like felt my heart pounding. Like I could barely breathe. I was getting lightheaded. I was like scared. It's like, I was, I honestly thought I was going to pass out and potentially like um, have to be rushed to like an emergency department or something. So I was like, holy shit, I'm really freaking out. Um, part of my language but um basically got through skiing and then um i honestly like within one hour i literally had to quit skiing because i couldn't breathe anymore and then basically went into the car that we rented and um like was there for five hours waiting for my friends to be done just because i i just couldn't breathe i was so scared and like um i remember i was so happy that some friends like left to go home early because when they took me we went to a convenience store and got an oxygen bottle um that i bought and i used it the whole the whole like few days we left that we were there and literally saved my life i i didn't joke with them but i literally thought it was like just like like addictive as heck because like i could never stop taking it because it was so relaxing to me um but yeah basically the next few days i got better with the altitude but that day was so freaking scary for me oh david i feel like you may have something not, not obviously similar to that but do you have anything is scary at all for the record, I hate scary stuff. That's why Halloween is like the worst holiday for me. Um, I get scared pretty easily. And well, I guess I could share like this short one that I have is that um, so I was dragged into a haunted house one day. It was at the greatest. I was at Cedar Point down when I was in high school. And in Cedar Point, which is in Sedusky, Ohio, they have like this big thing called Hollow Weekends. And what they do is that they sometimes will ask you, it's like, are the characters okay to touch you? And so without knowing, my friends have kind of just said, yes, let, let, let them touch David, but don't tell him. And I was like, so you read my consent without telling me in my head after the whole thing, right? And we were going into like this butcher house, haunted house. And at first I was like, well, I have my friends. I shouldn't be too scared. But I was like, about to piss my pants to be honest um and they had like this butcher guy who had like a pig's mask on and like a saw and one I don't like butchers I don't like, like the look of blood sometimes and just seeing a saw come after me would probably be like the worst life of day of my life um so we go into the haunted house it's like kind of like jump scares so at first I was like screaming a little bit I was like ah! I was like oh no, I don't want to but um the part that was the most scariest was when we were in like this tunnel and I could see just like Linda's story is that I saw two gleaming eyes, but instead of like, like the night ones, they were like red. It was like right in front of me in this tunnel. I had to walk across this tunnel. And when I walked across, like they had like holes within like the tunnel, someone's hand popped out and like grabbed my shoulder. And so like, I had like flailed my arms, like, all over the place I started hitting people and I was like I want out of here and then I ran right straight past the tunnel and I hit the butcher and I was like screaming like a little girl I was like ah! 
was like, I can't do this. And then like I was crying on my my knees, and my friends had to pick me up and take me out. And then my um they were like, we're so sorry. We probably should have not said that they were. We, we allowed them to touch you. And I was like, you what? I can't believe you. <laughs> but um, that is um my scary event. Never again will I go to a haunted house. Um, I, I could not. I hate scary stuff. Like you will never catch me at a haunted house. I hate. I can't even be scary movies. Perfect. You and I will never go there. <laughs> Count me in. I cannot do horror or any haunted things. Like I would pass out. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, that's my scary experiences. But. You know, I guess, you know, moving it back away from the scary thing, because, you know, Halloween is over. It's Christmas time, y'all. Um, you know, I just kind of kind of curious because, you know, we're all part of EVSA, VSA in like our respective regions. Right. So I kind of just wonder, um, how did you get baited? You know, and I just want to capitalize the word B-A-I-T-E-D, baited, because we all started somewhere and like, you know, it's always a story to tell. So, you know, Linda, you traveling from Indiana to Seattle, you know, how did you get started? How was that for you? Hmm. Are you asking about like our local VSA or UVSA Midwest? I guess however you want to interpret that. I think I would love to hear any side of the story, really. Yeah, so I guess I could start with how I got introduced to VSA in general. So like I mentioned, I went to school at Indiana University. So when I first went to college or got into college, uh, my older cousin, Alex, he was already involved with VSA at IU and he encouraged me, hey, you should apply for eBoard. But mind you, I was a freshman. I was like, what is even VSA? Like, what is what are you trying to get me involved in? But, you know, trusting my older cousin, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It sounds like fun. And then ever since then, I've been roped in to all these positions, but I'm loving every single part of it. Um, And then I think it was about a year later, we had um, heard news that the leadership summit of that year was going to be held at University of Notre Dame. So um, me and about 15 other BSAIU kiddos we drove all the way up five hours to Notre Dame and spent the weekend there. And it was so much fun. And ever since then, um, I just can't stop being involved. It's like kind of addicting in a way, like being around all these people who share the same passions as you. Um, and, you know, you all share the same similarities as well. It's really heartwarming. Um, yeah, so that's my story. But how about you, King? How did you get involved in VSA or UVSA Midwest? Hmm, try to think. I do remember in terms of VSA, I got baited. <laughs> I took an opportunity. No, um, no, no. Yeah, say, say the truth. You got baited, didn't you? <laughs> Honestly, I actually didn't even really get baited. Um, try to think. I remember attending a uh AAA meeting, which is not the car insurance, the um Asian American Association meeting. And Stephen Quinn, shout out to Stephen, he was um one of the members of VSA there. Um, and he basically just you know, advertised going to VSA just because he knew I was Vietnamese and um, I was thinking about maybe having a, a finding a community that like had similar background to me. And so on a chance, um, went to my first VSA meeting. It was leaving in the winter just because I remember in this fall, I said I wouldn't go to any org meetings, just, you know, spending that semester trying to get used to college. Um, but that winter went to my first VSA meeting. Um, wasn't like a huge member like that whole winter and fall 
fall, just because actually in the fall I had um, a class that conflicted with meetings, so I couldn't go to those meetings. But I was still like somewhat involved in terms of, you know, talking with people within the club and stuff like that. In terms of UVSM and West, I definitely got exposure at the um, VO1. Um, I can't remember exactly which VO1, I believe 17 VO1, right? Okay, thank you, Linda. Um, the 17 VO1 at IU, um, just because, you know, I was a student at IU, so it's obviously easy for me to be at that VO1. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Um, love my family, shout out to Shang Gang. Um, and, you know, just seeing the work that everyone put in to have, make that conference work and the way it ended was really awesome. Um, basically, that allowed me to take a chance on LS this last spring, just being involved in that. Um, and yeah, it helped me um, with some, I wouldn't say bait, but um, I guess persuasion from a few people within VSAN. They, I was able to um, run for co-star for Indiana, and I, I've enjoyed the process so far, but yeah. Wow. Um, I just want to echo that because, you know, that's kind of like similar to how do you two like, okay, I necessarily didn't get baited, but you know, I just say that as like a joke. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The one thing that I think VSA loves to do is that they offer you free food in order for you to get there. <laughs> and a retweet to that for those who know, you know. Um, so for my VSA adventure, I started as a freshman and um, shout out to Sue Wynn for actually being the first person I met at like our fall like fair. Um, she had kind of offered me to go to VSA and at first I was kind of hesitant because I was already busy with like other commitments and it wasn't until the spring semester that I met um, a certain individual. Her name is Mia. Um, she's one of my best friends and also like a motherly figure to me and to be honest um, I got involved with like the world of dancing which is like a lot of things that VSAs love to do and that's one of my favorite memories is that uh, when I came to VSA, I was able to find a community through like the world of dance. And for me, I've always loved to dance, but I just never really showed that like part of me. And so, you know, meeting you and also like Sue and all those other folks too, they kind of preempted me to get more involved with VSA in which, you know, I became marketing director, vice president of my own local VSA to the point where I kind of got myself involved with UVC Midwest as like the COSAR and even jumping another step further into UNASA, which is the national part of VSA. And being now my current positions is that I'm, you know, director of CPP selection and then being the Michigan COSAR, it's definitely challenged me a lot, but also it's been like a really big stepping stone for me because, you know, like Linda says, you know, you love what you do. And what I love to do is being a part of VSA and kind of being like a preemptive role model and also like and also a good peer to folks that like kind of need it because, you know, Midwest itself is not the biggest Asian American population, but we're out here to stick up for each other. But, you know, forget all the tears. Don't forget about that. Shout out to my um, my Humpjoy family line where like my rock and my loves. Um, but Jennifer, how about you? What was your best story? Um, I guess I can probably start off with where, you know, my experience came from with PSA. So I, before college, I grew up in a very, I guess, like, there was not a lot of Asian people in my community, um, and, like, not even just Asian, but, like, people as well, and so I wasn't really connected with my culture and my um, roots and background and, like, people that um, were similar to me, which is why going into college, I saw that it was very important for me to join organizations that um, I could meet more people that were like me, and so, um, like, going into my first DSA meeting, I also like didn't know anyone either so I kind of just like went on a whim and just went to this VSA general body meeting or it was like the open house but um the first person that I ever 
met and made a huge impression on me. His name is Stephen Pham. Shout out to him. Um, he's also my aunt in PSA, so it like he really means a lot to me. Um, but he was the one that kind of basically like pulled me through DSA. Like every week he'd check up on me and he'd be like, hey, are you going to this DSA meeting? Or hey, did you sign up for this conference? And like, you know, he would just always be there for me and make sure that I was um, welcomed and involved as possible because he knew that I, you know, um, don't really know anyone because I mean, I think, I know like some DSAs, um, like with the church and everything, like I know it's very prominent. And so a lot of like DSA people are also part of like CNTT and stuff like that. And so like they kind of knew each other, but I personally, I didn't know anyone. Like I'm not even from um, Lincoln. So I really didn't know anyone. So it was very important for me to create that bond. And he was also the one that told me about VO1, which brings me into my involvement with DSA Midwest because he was also the family leader at the time for that VO1. And he, um, made me also want to pursue a higher position and a higher role. And I ended up applying for a family leader um, the year after. Yeah, and so I honestly think like my VSA experience has revolved around Steven, um, but yeah. Wow, and now look at her. She popping off in the world, y'all. Yeah. Look at hey, her. Get it, Jennifer. I love it. Just hearing all your stories make me want to go back to college. For those of you who don't know, I graduated from college um, in 2020. So that was when the pandemic started. So it was tough because we didn't have our graduation and whatnot. But I would say that if I wanted, if I could go back to the college days, I would do some things differently. So I would say that one thing I wish I would have learned in college was that um, probably to branch out to more organizations. I know that VSA played a really big part of my life, especially when I was in college, but I wanted to also spend more time with other like Asian organizations on campus or maybe other leadership organizations. But you know, there's only 12 hours in one day. You can't do everything that you want, which, you know, it sucks, but uh, mental health is important. So you got to keep yourself um, at the top of your priority list, too. Um, yeah, so. I think that actually, well, I thought you said 12 hours in a day. I was like, girl, there's 24 hours in the whole day. <laughs> Oops, no. But then again, the 12 hours is for you to sleep. So, you know, it makes sense or not sleep if you're a night owl like me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I resonate with that because for myself, too, is that um, I haven't graduated yet, but I am still about to graduate soon as like a 2022. And for myself, I missed a whole year of college. Like with COVID, it was all online and I wasn't able to really, you know, do the social activities I really wanted to. And, but I think it was like a blessing in disguise um, with going through college and just like all the stress that we go through. I think one big thing that I really want people to impart if they're still in their college careers, but this also translates to their careers too, is that most people get embarrassed when they don't have like their whole life figured out and like they feel that like the people around them have like you know they're going to law school they're going to grad school or like they have like a full-time job and like they're so excited about that which is great I definitely applaud that but I think something to kind of realize too is that you need to take that step back and understand that 
everyone's journey is at a different pace. You shouldn't compare yourself to the person right next to you that has been like a bunch of achievements. Just know that your own value is important and that your achievements are your own achievements. You're the one that got them and you should be very um, happy with how you are. I think a lot of people nowadays kind of compare themselves to like the valedictorians, salutatorians, and like the folks that are kind of like on high pedestals. And I really don't like that because for me, it kind of discourages the folks that have really been trying their holy best and all their best, sorry. And I said holy for some reason, I don't know. <laughs> um, they've been trying all their best. And for me, I've always wanted to encourage the underdogs because, you know, I can see the potential in people. It's just, you have to apply yourself. And, you know, even though you won't get immediate results, just know that the results will come forward too. And that's same thing for me because, you know, I'm trying to look for a job right now. And I feel very discouraged because everyone's trying to go to, everyone got into law school and got their jobs already. But for me, I feel that I'm behind, but I remind myself that I can do things on my own pace and that, you know, as long as I continue the honest work that I still do today, I will get there and, you know, I will get my goal, which is to move to California and meet you on the West Coast, Linda. So please hold my hand. I got to go over there and meet you. <laughs> yes, come through. I'll be waiting for you. Yeah, David, like, after you said all that, it kind of made me think about like what I kind of wished I did in college or like my recap of my college experience as I am also approaching graduation and like moving. Um, I think something that I wished I kind of knew or I guess did differently is um, taking my time throughout college and, and not feeling very rushed and not feeling like I always have to do something all the time. I kind of like wished that like I might like I don't know I kind of just wish that I took a semester just to like chill and take a break and go MIA but um at the same time imposter syndrome <laughs> like I feel like I'm like, oh, so that's why I always have to do something um well like I think the reason why I am thinking about it this way is because um because I am student teaching next semester I'm basically losing the semester of like actual college um, and that's like in addition to COVID basically taking away like a whole year of college too. So like I just feel like I wish I had more time and I kind of I wouldn't mind honestly staying back another semester and graduating later. Like I really wouldn't mind at all if that means that I am able to um, continue on making these college memories and being in um, the organizations that I love and have passion for, like BSA, for example, right? So I would tell my past self to um, slow down and take it easy because you're going to start running out of time. And next thing you know, like you are going to be an adult and you're going to grow up and you're going to do different things that you wish you could go back to. Like Linda said, she wished she could go back to college. I'm in college right now and I wish I could go back too. <laughs> yes I heard that Slack message earlier too so you have you hella busy too so definitely you do need more time <laughs> yeah and speaking of time like pretty much what Jennifer said oh well I guess context um like Linda I am a college graduate too I actually just recently graduated this spring um but I definitely vibe with what Jennifer said in terms of um like I always felt like I had to get something done in college like if I wasn't busy then I feel like my time was wasted um, but I remember like, this is so late. I remember like the, I think April or May, literally, I, I think after I graduated, I went into lab one day to do some last minute lab work. And um, my, one of my grad students there at the time was like, hey, 
uh, hey, uh, Kang, what are you doing here? And I was like, I just want to get some stuff done, you know, because I just felt really bored and like unproductive. And like she had some really good advice. She just basically said, um, yeah, you know, even though you have like nothing to do like on Sundays, you know, just, just take time, like be thankful for the days where you don't have anything to do. Just like, you know, um, take some time to just relax, chill. Um, don't take life too fast or serious. Just like, you know, take time for yourself and just have an off day. Like I wish I would have had that advice literally my freshman year just cause you know, um, as a pre-med student, like I had this mindset where to get things done, get all my requirements out of the way, um, make my resume, like make myself stand out for med schools. Um, and like, I wish I would have taken it you know, more slower in college, take my time um, instead of like going through it fast and getting through to med school, just like taking time to like cherish the events and the memories along the way and the people along the way too. But um, I still have made some like, great memories. Um, obviously, like my thing is I maybe like, I should have taken some more time just to slow down and just experience a little more. Yeah. Well, I think the key thing that I always tell myself, and this is something I've heard from like a big mentor of mine is that you don't have to have your life figured out by 21, y'all. Like as much as we are deemed adults by 21, we have still much to learn. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be fully happy by 30. But I don't want to take that part because I am still a young soul. Um, but yes, well, I just want to say that, you know, all these stories are amazing. And hopefully for our viewers and listeners out there, too, you were able to kind of connect with us in like, you know, these spaces because, you know, we've all been there. We've, we've been through it. We're going through it right now or we've kind of reflected on it. So I think that's like the most important thing that like we are always like striving for in these episodes, even though it's an informal one, too. It can get kind of deep. But with that being said, this is towards the end of our episode. Again, I would love to say thank you. And we deeply appreciate our viewers and listeners out there for sticking with us and being present during these conversations. Um, we really do love all of yours, love and support and engagement. Before we head off, I do want to say that I want to recognize the behind the scenes folks. So the rest of our Cozar cohort who couldn't be here today, but they are definitely supporting us from behind. So Maya, Ethan, Molly, Richie, James, and I believe that's all I have, right? How many numbers am I holding? Yes, okay, I dance all of them. <laughs> but, and then also our executive board and also UBS Edward West who has been supporting us through the behind the scenes as well. But the next time you will see us, we'll be discussing about representation and how that looks today in our society. And, you know, and then further than that, we are coming to a close to our term. So just get ready y'all because it's about to be a heck of like, emotional time but um let's not think about that just yet but it is coming to a close but until then this was episode seven and we look forward to seeing you all in episode eight this was kozar let's go start a conversation bye bye bye